Welcome to the Fly Fishing Insider Podcast, where each week we speak with brands, icons, innovators, and trailblazers within the fly fishing industry, exploring both the successes and failures they've encountered along the way to become who they are today. But first, if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast or joined our email list, please do so by going to the Fly Fisher Insider Podcast.com, where you can also find us on Instagram at Fly Fisher Insider Podcast. Now let's begin. Welcome to the Fly Fishing Insider Podcast. Today, our guest is Matt Smythe. Matt is the Communications and Membership Director of the American Fly Fishing Trade Association. Matt is also a part of the newly formed awareness group, A Day for Bristol Bay. Matt is here today to tell us more about AFTA and the Day for Bristol Bay. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. No worries. We're excited you're here as well. So, and I know it's a busy time for you guys over at AFTA and uh, you have a busy time for Day for Bristol Bay. So, I guess we'll jump right to it. Before we get into those topics. Tell us a bit about yourself. Well, as, as you had mentioned, I'm the communications and membership director for AFTA. The association is headquartered in Bozeman, Montana, but I work remotely from Western New York in the Finger Lakes region. Born and raised here. My background is in advertising and marketing. I'm a writer by trade. Yeah, I've been in, in fly fishing, enjoyed fly fishing for, geez, I think I learned I learned how to fly cast in 2001, so it isn't something I've been doing my entire life, but I have been fishing for as long as I can remember, and there's pictures that predate my memory of fishing, so I guess I've been at it in general for a while. Excellent. I love it. Matt, what's the fishing environment out in uh, western, or is it eastern or western New York? Western New York. Western New York. What's the fishing environment out there like? Uh, it's it's really diverse. We've got, uh, there's a lot of lakes and streams and rivers, you know, the uh, the Adirondack Park isn't too terribly far uh, from us. We've got um, where I live in the Finger Lakes, there are 11 glacially formed lakes and they hold lake trout, brown trout, rainbows. Um, they hold uh, small and largemouth bass, pike, muskie, perch, all the panfish, carp. So there's a, a really diverse uh, fishery in, in the lakes. But then we've also got the Lake Ontario and Lake Erie tributaries, which are really close by. So we get our salmon runs, we get the steelhead runs and browns, which are which are really exciting. I mean, big, big fish in small water in some cases. And it becomes a destination. There's a lot of folks that come from other parts of the country and come and camp and, and stay for weeks during prime times at the runs in different locations. So and there's yeah there's definitely it's a it's a very diverse diverse fishery of this just talking about it makes me want to get there so it's funny <laughs> you're more than welcome yeah, thanks matt really quickly what do you prefer lakes or uh or the rivers oh boy i know i put you on the spot that's a tough one i think i think lakes lakes have my heart mainly because that's what i grew up i grew up haunting the the shorelines of canandaigua lake and fly fishing just adds a it adds a a whole nother layer of enjoyment to it. So I'd say, I'd say lakes are probably where my, where my heart is, but I will never ever turn down time on a river either. So I, I hear you. Matt, before we get going in too far into this, why don't we um, tell those that might not be aware of what AFTA is and exactly what you do and why it's important to the fly fishing industry. Sure. AFTA is, we are the sole uh, trade organization for the entire fly fishing industry. So 
our mission, we uh, guide the sustainable growth of the fly fishing industry through trade development and stewardship. Those two things being our, our uh, main pillars. From a trade development standpoint, we advocate for the industry and empower our members to improve their business through collaboration, education, and building community. And then on the stewardship side, we advocate for healthy fisheries and engaging our members and partners to support protection, restoration, and access to those mm. fisheries. Um, so that's sort of the short story. We represent a diverse constituent base. So we represent manufacturers, retailers, guides, outfitters, lodges, members of the media. And then there's a few partners that we have, folks that are fighting for clean water protections or conservation protections, different things where we too are, are members of sort and support their organizations and they support us wow. as well. Wow. Sounds like you have a lot of hats going on there, Matt. Oh, absolutely. No, and I forgot. We also, we are, we host the um, we host IFTD, which is the largest fly fishing trade show in the in the world. Up till this year, well, for the last six, we've been in Orlando co-hosting with ICAST. This year, this October, we are going back to our own standalone show, and it's going to be in Denver, Colorado, October 16th to the 18th. Matt, I'm definitely going to be touching base on the IFTD, but I want to circle back to the many hats that you do wear at AFTA and you know, there must be mm-hmm. a fine line trying to please everybody and, and a challenge pleasing everybody. Can you tell us about some of those challenges that you guys currently face or have faced and never overcome? As far as an association, the association's concerned? You betcha. Yeah, you betcha. I, well, you're absolutely right. You can't you can't please everybody all the time, but we do we do our level best to try to listen to and, and respond to as big a majority as as possible we we have a working board and i'll get to i guess a couple of challenges but we have a working board that's comprised of mem- uh, excuse me yeah they are members but manufacturers guides outfitters they represent essentially they they represent our our membership as a whole so we really get anytime we plan and anytime we look to to change whether it's improve or or just to, to you know to change we we most definitely we reach out to our membership but we've got a very good sort of cross section of our membership right in our working board which allows us to mm-hmm. you know do the best that we can um, to serve everyone uh, as best we can so case in point the uh, like IFTD IFTD that when you're picking the time of year if you set aside the location the time of year is always difficult because where at certain times of year best suit manufacturers they may not necessarily fit retailer needs uh, you know when it comes to doing your your preseason orders and what have you and, and then in some cases the time of year serves mm-hmm. Absolutely, uh, yeah. certain gear manufacturers very well but not necessarily um, you know soft goods at the same point. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, from a location standpoint, we try to take a look at, you know, a location that best serves mm-hmm. as many people as possible. You know, Denver, it's easy to fly into and fly out of. It's a major hub, but sometimes it's difficult, you know, especially when it comes to 
you know, fly, uh, small shops to its airfare, its hotel, food and everything else. So it does, you know, it does become a bit of an expensive proposition. So we, you know, we try to make it as worthwhile as possible. If they're going to make that investment in their business, then we're going to try to do everything we can to make it uh, as beneficial. I hear you. So here's what I'm going to do, Matt. I'm just going to jump to the elephant in the room then. So uh, <laughs> let's talk about the move to Colorado and IFT. I mean, by the industry is a bit on a split decision on this. Kind of highlighted a few points already. But I think, you know, I, I think it's really going to be to highlight the fly fishing industry without any other background noise and take mm-hmm. that for however you want to read into that. You know, for me, like, tell me what, what are some of the, the major changes that are happening here? Um, how you guys are really going to showcase this show as a, as a whole and, and make sure that everyone's pleased with the show, with the new transfer of the show as well? Well, number one, I think having it in Denver is sort of a return to our our roots, if you will. You know, Correct. people yeah. consider the yeah. Rockies or, the, you know, the Colorado region is sort of the, the epicenter, I'd say, for, for fly fishing, you know, from a concentration standpoint of businesses and, and fly fishing culture and what have you. So I think, you know, that answers a, a lot of, of that sort of issue. You know, it was, there's, I mean, there's, there's tremendous fishing and a lot of fishing in so many other parts of the country as well, you know, from uh, salt to fresh and saltwater is, is a very important part of who we are as an industry. And it's, it's one of the fastest growing uh, portions or segments of, of our industry. So, you know, you do kind of, we're, we're not necessarily leaving one to, we're abandoning one to go to another. It's, it's looking at, again, the, the greatest greatest mm-hmm. good for the greatest number. We we're really trying to, we're trying to improve the show and make it something that retailers want to attend because they're going to take something away more than just preseason orders. We very much believe in, in the value of relationships and community. We know that in some cases, you know, retailers will say, or folks will say in general, if I want to get together with a bunch of folks from the industry that I'm, I'm longtime friends with, I would rather get together with them, you know, the bow of a skiff somewhere in the, you know, the sun or on a mountain stream mm, yeah, than yeah. under, you know, fluorescent lighting in a, in a convention center. And we couldn't agree more, but in trying to, trying to improve it, you know, we're, we're bringing a lot of our, in one instance, we're bringing a lot of our dealer summit seminars into IFTD. What, so really quickly, what are some of those seminar highlights that you can quickly share with us if you can? Sure. This year, uh, let's see. Why don't you have 50, 50 on the water, right? Well, we've got our seminars this year. We've got um, we've actually got a podcasting class, how to start a podcast for your brand. Oh, that's cool. <clears throat> We've got kick plastic panel discussion. Keep them wet is going to be doing, um, putting on a presentation as well. Building and driving your brand online without breaking the bank. Diversity on the water. So we've gone it, larger than just 50-50 on, yep. on the water. We're looking as, at an industry in, at diversity as a whole. We've got uh, stepping up for sustainable saltwater fisheries, a big panel discussion on that, uh, sustainable business panel with Rick Crawford from Emerger Strategies, how to value and prep to either buy or sell your business, something that was was called for 
and you know this we're we're in a time of transition and people are looking at on both sides of that coin how to manage your fly open to buy so that's very retail focused with regards to your your fly inventory in your shop hr solutions how to make travel a profit generator training your staff that's those are those are really the the seminars that that we've got on deck right now and you could you can see they're very they're very focused on helping retailers get more out of the show beyond just walking the floor. We want them to walk, or excuse me, we want them to be able to head back Tools, right? to their shop with actionable yeah. knowledge, you know? Yeah. And that's the premise behind the Dealer Summit, which we've had in the past. We've, you know, we've had up in Montana, we had in Austin this past year, in Aspen, different places like that. So it's meant to give retailers actionable tools. Our our philosophy when it comes to the show itself and the show floor, we're trying to get people to plan ahead and to schedule their meetings ahead of time to start that conversation before before the show even kicks off so that conversations are much more fruitful when retailers and manufacturers are are on the floor and they've got that hour of time you know blocked off and how are you encouraging them to go about doing that we have we have a an interactive floor plan uh, tool that's located on our, it's on our site and you can, those that are registered for the show can register and create their own profile. The interactive tool, it essentially, it gives, it gives um, attendees and exhibitors the ability to create a profile. You can schedule like for instance, you can reach out to different manufacturers and you can schedule your day or your three days and work at, you know, sort of an agenda for your time. You can click on on various booths, see not only their booth number, but who they are. There's contact information, their website, what they're about, and the types of things that they want to communicate with retailers prior to the show. Uh, so there's there's that is one. We are do, we, we've been doing a lot of education from a content standpoint on our site and then working with a lot of our partner publications, Angling Trade, Tackle Trade World, Angling International, and a few others trying to work at, we've been crafting these best practices pieces. So from a manufacturing standpoint, we have like Brent Bauer from Umpqua and Tag Kleiner from Farbank. They've offered their recommendations and their, their best practice perspectives on how to get the most out of IFTD mm-hmm. in their experience. What are the what are the handful of things that have made a difference for them, and that they would recommend to retailers as well to get the most out of the show? We have the same perspectives from uh, Jim Choi at St. Pete's, from Joel LaFollette up at Royal Treatment. We've got a guide or a, yeah, a guide piece from Hogan Brown out in Chico, California, and another one from Jen Ripple with Dunn Magazine. Yeah, I've read I've read those. They're actually they're super super informative, super useful. Anyone listening, I highly suggest you read it if that's where you, if you're headed to do IFTD. So for sure, awesome. I'm glad, very glad to hear that. At least we've got we've got one reader. No, so no, that's good. you know what? It's <laughs> time because like I say I mean it's it's three days, but three days comes and goes pretty quick if you're just aimlessly wandering around. I actually read that in there. So there you are. It gets very overwhelming. Absolutely. And, you know, other people's agendas and just focusing in on, on a niche of what you really want to focus in on is probably good. Yeah, I think I, I truly believe, I know um, you've invited me down there to mm-hmm. podcaster side. So I think that's, I, I was not there last year, but I'm assuming that's a new transition for for the show this year as well uh yeah it's another another aspect where we're trying to improve and trying to engage Mm. and include more of our membership 
especially on the media side, because I mean, you guys are an integral part of, of awareness and getting the word out, right? I mean, you have that connection with an audience and that just it travels exponentially. So this year, I wanted to add in a layer of podcasters who could broadcast live from the show floor, sort of a, above and beyond what it is that the agenda mm-hmm. that, that you or others would have in coming to the show anyway looking to leverage a little bit more of you help us and we're able to help you as well and get you it's whether it's access to some of the seminars and being able to do some Q&A with the folks that are putting them on or covering new product showcase when we do the awards or industry awards the Drake Film Awards there's a lot of different things like that where it would be great likewise our you know our kick plastic initiative and the casting for recovery you know we're, it'll be in breast cancer awareness month. So there's some there's some important things that we're going to be focusing on at the show that would be great to have. Absolutely. You know what? I mean, you, you touched on so many points there. It's just, it really seems it's, you've got a great focus and a great plan for the show this year. I, I can't wait to be a part of it. I can't wait to get there. Any other highlights you'd like to mention or any other points you'd like to mention about the show? Uh, sure. We've got, there's there's a, a great group of, I mean, our, our sponsors are fantastic. And who, who are your sponsors? Is, is there a few of them? Or? Yeah, we've, we have Recreation Boating and Fishing Foundation. They are uh, sponsoring our industry breakfast. And we actually, this year, we have Steven Ranella from the Netflix series, The Meat Eater. He's going to be our keynote speaker for industry breakfast. Um, we have, let me see who else. We, we, we've got Sweetwater Brew is going to be helping with some of our, our, our kick plastic initiative. I think Yeti is going to be uh, helping out with watering stations as well. We've got Sims is stepping up with Casting for Recovery to to produce our lanyards, which are going to be pink this year in awareness of, you know, Breast Cancer Awareness Month uh, and to support Casting for Recovery. We've got sponsors like Thomas & Thomas that are going to be doing the casting ponds. Renzetti Voice, they're going to be doing uh, the Ironfly competition this year. Obviously, the, the Drake Magazine with the Drake Film Awards. We have an event the night before the show kicks off. It's There's a presentation, but then there's also um, a happy hour, and that's sponsored by Angling Trade, Teddy, Teddy, uh, Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership, and Emerger, Stra- uh, excuse me, um, High Street Strategies as well. There's just, there's a host of great people that are behind it, and there's some some exciting how stuff. How can, uh, for those that, I know you guys are sold out, and you sold out really fast, but how can... Uh... We, we bring more awareness or how can one get involved with uh, with the show or the attendance? Touch base on that if you could. Absolutely. You, we are still, uh, we're, we're actually strongly urging those who haven't registered uh, from an attendee standpoint. Uh, first, you can still register um, and you can do so right on our site. So at afta.org, there's a tab right at the top, IFTD. If you click on that tab, um, or any of the drop downs, uh, you'll, there are links to badge registration and hotels, and everything is really pretty automated. So when you register for your badge as a retailer or as media or as a non-exhibiting manufacturer, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different you know categories. After you do that, then you get you know you'll get emails about 
hotel block rooms. Uh, we've got discounts on flights through Delta. There's there's just a host of things. Your your ticket tickets for the industry breakfast. Red, we'll be doing registration for a couple of our uh, our seminars. Uh, one of them is going to be covering. Um, it, it's sort of an in-depth look from the inside on how to leverage Facebook and Instagram for your business. Uh, and it covers all the tools and tactics. Um, it was a, a, a huge hit at Dealer Summit in uh, Austin this past uh, April. And we're bringing it to the show to be able to share with as many, as many folks as possible. So all that is automated. You'll get a lot of information when it comes to when you register. And then likewise, there are some exhibitors who have registered. As you said, it's the show floor is sold out, 156 exhibitors. Um, but there's still some out there. And if you're listening, hope this gets you off the dime. There's some exhibitors who are registered. They're going to have a booth, but they haven't yet got their badges uh, in hotels and stuff like that. So we're urging folks to do that as well. And you can, they can do that right through the site. They've Absolutely, the Matt. You know what? Any listeners out there that are on the fence, get on it now. That's mm-hmm. my advice. So... Matt, I have a question. Where do you get your energy from? Because you, I know you've also started and you're heavily involved in this other project I want you to tell us about. It's a special day, which is coming up really very soon here. And uh, yeah, tell us all about this day. Sure. We have, AFTA has created uh, what's called, it's being called A Day for Bristol Bay. And that day is August 24th. What we are doing is we're trying to rally the entire fly fishing community in one day of fundraising for Bristol Bay. We're we're raising money for the Bristol Bay Defense Fund, who are folks that are sort of in, they're on the front line fight with you know in D.C. with the folks that are trying to drop Pebble Mine in the headwaters of Bristol Bay, uh, the largest largest salmon run uh, in in the world. And what we're what we're doing is engaging our retailers and our manufacturers, guides, outfitters, media folks, as many people in the industry as possible to to register as a participating business or a participating individual and make a donation to um, it'll go to the fisheries fund and then we're going to cut one single large check to the Bristol Bay Defense Fund. The short of it is we're looking retailers we're trying to help drive traffic into participating retailers their shops into their websites by the you know the getting the general public to go and in turn we're looking to get our retailers that are participating to donate up to 10 percent of that day's sales to the the cause Uh, likewise manufacturers we're hoping that they make a, a single flat donation um guides outfitters lodges and everybody else as well um, we currently have, I believe we have 21 states represented currently uh, with at least one one retailer in each of the 21 states. Colorado's leading the way right now with a, they've got uh, what one I think they've got 10 or 11 shops that are represented in Colorado, but uh, we're trying to get all 50 states on board. Hey Matt, um, I, I think I'm gonna jump in here. I'm gonna jump in yeah. here because I want to dig deeper on this for I think the first thing I want okay. to do is on on our Fly Fishing Insider podcast, we have a lot of listeners um, demographically from what I can see from you know as far away as Australia, South South uh, America, or so, sorry South Africa, 
Eastern Europe and Canada. And, you know, we've all heard about Bristol Bay. And I know you mentioned it can be a podcast in itself. (laughs) I know you mentioned it's the world's largest salmon run. But what are some of the (laughs) challenges that that are currently being faced? Like, Just really quickly, what are some of the challenges? You know, we raise these funds, you want to cut a check. What are some of the challenges that this area faces for those that might not fully be aware, in your own words, if you could just tell us, like, again, just super quick, because I know that the challenges run deep. So just so they're aware. Sure. Well, Bristol Bay, as as I mentioned, is home to um, the largest uh, salmon run in the world. And this this particular region, it sustains 14,000 jobs, uh, $1.5 billion uh, economy all based on all based on salmon and it also is the it's the backbone of you know native communities and a, a tourist industry that people from all over the world they they fly to to experience and the the, the proposed mine that is going that they're they're trying to to get through is it would be North America's largest open pit gold and copper mine and it would essentially destroy the headwaters of the habitat for this this salmon run. Um, it's a short-sighted um, and uh, short-term windfall that isn't sustainable. Um, it would it would create some jobs, but it would it would mm-hmm. not even come close to creating the number of jobs that are already sustained. Uh, by the fishery and or the fisheries as a whole in that region. So we've been sending for, I mean, it's been almost 15 years that this fight has been going on. And we've, as an industry, have again and again and again, and the angling public as a whole, we've sent millions of letters and signatures, and we've made our voice heard to, you know, our representatives and in Congress and at the EPA and the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, but it's time that we get past just sending letters. We need that frontline toe-to-toe representation that is going to go against these. You know, it's it's it, it's a Canadian company that's backing this mine, so it's you know it's foreign mining interests. And they've got deep pockets and we need to help the people that are there on that front line. And we need to help them with, you know, quite honestly, with, with money that will help them to continue Um, that. You know, and that, and that's what I wanted to get across to everybody. So with that being said, how can listeners again from other, other countries get involved to back this amazing project? If, if folks from anywhere in the world, if you've got anglers that want to, participate and want to get in on this. If there are, there could be guides, folks from other countries that come and, and maybe they take clients or they come and guide during part of the season, or they've just come to fish themselves. We have on our site, uh, let's see, in, in our news section, we've got a blog post that gets, that speaks to the public for uh, making donations and getting involved. We do have a tab on our site for industry folks as well which they honestly, they could go, they could go to either. 
if you were to go to our site, we've got mm -hmm. a tab day for Bristol Bay that's up there that people could access. But if for those that are part of the angling public, if you go to afta.org forward slash D4BB, so it's short for day for Bristol Bay, um, that is a direct URL for the general angling public to be able to make uh, direct donations. So that would be a great way for them to get involved. And then likewise, just spreading the word, that would be uh, very, very much appreciated. Again, that was afta.org slash DFBB. Was that correct? It's D, the number four, yep. and then BB. Perfect. I'll make sure I put that in the show notes. It's really important. So, you know, I wrote this question and, and I kind of know the answer I would want to answer, but I want to talk about the goals. It's, it's kind of funny because I have this question for you and, <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, what's the perfect answer for this? And, and I think I'll say the perfect answer when I'm done, but I, I want to ask you, so like, let's talk about the goals of this project moving forward. What would you like to see happen with this project for the day for Bristol Bay project down the road? Oh boy. Well, honestly, I think everybody that's involved, we've got some, we've got some heavy hitters that have thrown their hat in the ring to support this with Farbank and Patagonia, uh, Sims. There's, I mean, there's a host of, you know, some heavy hitters and, and, and there's a host of, of uh, other manufacturers that are are very generously supporting this and every last one of us I guess our ultimate goal would be that we do not have to revisit this campaign that's ever the again. that's exactly the answer I was looking for to dissolve all this so that it's, it's just untouchable yeah I couldn't agree more I think I think that's yep. the mission and that that is the ultimate goal so absolutely you know it's such a touchy subject do you have any other last words you'd like to say about the default Bristol Bay personally I I could not be more heartened or heartened by or proud of the fly fishing community and their willingness to stand up for um, for what's right. We we have a, um, a very generous and a very strong willed community that it's our you know it's it's our industry and it is the the larger angling public as well. We uh, you know folks that that have no connection whatsoever to Alaska are they're they're stepping up and being a part of it. And to me, to see the the amount of shares that this this campaign is getting, how far it's reaching, how much interest it's generating, and how excited people are to be a part of it. It it, it it's it's an amazing thing to be for me personally to be a part of because I feel like I'm you know, I'm really making a difference. And from an association standpoint, it's fantastic because it's really showing, it's showing a common bond that we've, we've always known that our membership and, and even non, non-members um, that are in part of the industry community that, that we all share it, you know, it makes us, makes us proud of to, to be able to do this kind of work uh, on their behalf uh, for, you know, a cause that really, really needs our voice. Absolutely, Matt. You know what? You, I couldn't agree more. You summed it up so nicely for your take classy i love it um with that said start with where can we find you for for the after where, where's all your after account <laughs> well after we have on instagram we are it's after underscore iftd so lowercase a f f t a underscore lowercase i f t d and what about the day for bristol bay uh day for bristol bay that can be found on our our website after.org you can there's two different sites one of them is industry facing so it's afta.org forward slash industry yeah it's forward slash industry dash d 
4BB. Excellent. And I'm going to make sure that we, uh, I know the Fly Fishing Insider podcast is definitely committed to this project as well. We've spoken about that. So we will be having a blog up on our our website as well on flyfishingpod.com about this in, in a bit more detail based on our, our communications back and forth. So Matt, I did, I, you know, I know you're busy and it's crazy time problem. for you. Uh, next week's going to be a busy week for you. I'm going to let you go. Any last words? Uh, not offhand. I very much appreciate you uh, having me on. I appreciate the time yeah, no worries, no uh, worries. to be able to talk about all this. Always welcome. Matt, I want to thank you and I want to thank the listeners as well. You are listening to Matt Smythe from AFTA and Dave from Bristol Bay. Thanks guys. Be well.